Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and uh, today's a very special day. Uh, here, it's a Super Tuesday here on the Bottom Line Show, and uh, not only that, but it's a it's a special anniversary day. It was 49 years ago today that 37th President of the United States Richard Nixon addressed the nation and announced his resignation or intention to resign. The reason, of course, was because the Watergate scandal was heating up. All roads pointed to President Nixon's office. And basically, there had been some spying and the missing 18 minutes of tape uh, <laughs> regarding the break-in at the Watergate Hotel. Um, here is... Uh, it's amazing. It was during the night of June 17, 1972, that five burglars broke into the offices at the Democratic National Committee at the Watergate office complex in D.C. The investigation into the break-in exposed a trail of abuses that led to the highest levels of the Nixon administration and ultimately to the president himself. So on the evening of August 8, 1974, the president addressed the nation and announced his intent to resign. The very next morning, the, Alex, uh, the White House uh, chief of staff, who was Alexander Haig, remember when Ronald Reagan was in office, I'm in control. Uh, he presented the letter for President Nixon to sign. The president's resignation letter is addressed to Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, who initialed it at 11.35 a.m. Uh, what happened then, of course, was that Gerald Ford, who had been appointed vice president because Spiro Agnew had some legal problems and he had to resign. Gerald Ford then became the president of the United States, President 38. On September 8, 1974, Gerald Ford issued a full pardon to former President Nixon for any offenses, quote, that he has committed or may have committed, end quote. Even before the resignation, there was a possibility that was kind of swirling around D.C. That, uh, um, that the president might pardon him. But at the time, President Ford strongly denied that there was any sort of deal to trade a pardon for the resignation. In his televised address announcing the pardon, President Ford said that trying President Nixon would only further inflame political passions and prevent the country uh, from moving forward. He also said that President Nixon and his family had suffered enough and that the, he might not be able to receive a fair trial and that a trial might prove to be inconclusive. Now, to be honest with you, when you think about the impeachments of Bill Clinton or the two impeachments of Donald Trump, there was a lot of political motivation behind those. But at the end of the day, Clinton was not was found not guilty. Trump was found not guilty twice. And now here is... Donald Trump facing these indictment allegations with regard to uh, inciting riots. I mean, it's going to be a tough sell for the uh, special counsel, who's already had his hand slapped a couple of times by a federal judge. It's going to be a tough sell for Jack Smith to convince people that Donald Trump really is the reason for the January 6th riots. It's, it's interesting. I, I think it's a question of semantics. In the same way that the left has gotten a lot of mileage out of Donald Trump saying, you know, stop the steal, the election was stolen, and look back and say, it wasn't officially stolen. I mean, there might have been some laws passed that turned out to be illegal, but nobody stole the election. See, he said they stole it, and they didn't steal it. I like the uh, book that Molly Hemingway wrote uh, from... Uh, for the Federalists, which he wrote a book that was simply called Rigged. I, I don't know that the election was stolen per se uh, in 2020, but I do believe it was rigged. 
when you ask, well, what, what's your proof? What's your evidence? There were no fewer than 300 laws, voting laws, that were changed starting in 2019 and leading up to the 2020 election. When COVID became uh, a declared global pandemic, then that just made it even more appealing for the left to uh, want to keep Donald Trump out of office. There were Democrats and Republicans alike that wanted to keep Donald Trump from winning re-election. But I, I cited one example of one of the laws that was passed in, in the, the illegality part. Um, this happened in Delaware, President Biden's home state. In 2019, both uh, House and Senate, the two state legislature legislative bodies, passed a measure that made mail-in balloting and mail-in voting the norm starting in the 2022 midterms. Now, that had no impact on the presidential election in 2020. And of course, as you would imagine, Joe Biden carried Delaware by a million to nothing. But when that bill was passed by the state legislatures, they actually broke the law. How did they break the law? A, a change in the voting parliamentary procedure is a constitutional amendment in the state of Delaware. So you know what would have happened. It should have been Proposition 1 or Proposition AA or whatever they would call it. And then the people of the great state of Delaware would have a chance to vote. Now, chances are with the Democrat-leaning constituency, the electorate would have voted in favor of this. But that is just one example of what I think President Trump's team was trying to get across in the media. Of course, Trump was the one who said, stop the steal, they stole the election from me. But there were lots of little laws like this that were passed by state legislatures or they were passed by the attorney general or the secretary of state or the registrar of voters or the state supreme court all of these governing bodies that did not have jurisdiction but went ahead and made the decisions anyway now here's why that is crucial for us to understand because when it comes to then the challenging of a law like this you know what has to happen the organization, the people, the legal team, whatever, who is challenging those laws has to have the standing with the court to be able to challenge the laws. We have the perfect example of something like that happening here in the People's Republic of California. 2008 election, Proposition 8 was on the ballot. Proposition 8 was designed to look as deceptive as possible. Then Secretary or then Attorney General, I believe, uh, uh, Jerry Brown, worded the, uh, the, the language of the bill in such a way that it made it sound like we'd always had gay marriage in California going back to the gold miners. And the reality was a, a federal judge had appointed, you know, overturned one of those laws that did what leftist judges love to do all the time, legislate from the bench. Let me remind you, legislators are where we get the legal stuff for the law. They write the law, passes the House, passes the Senate. It now goes to the executive branch where it is executed. Not killed, but I mean, where it's actually signed by the governor on the state level or by the president on the national level. And then it goes into law. Then if there's a challenge to the law, the judicial branch judges as to whether or not the law is legal, constitutional, etc. And it's really very simple. There were 47 different times during the pandemic when California Governor Gavin Newsom issued executive orders, including one that required Californians to receive mail-in ballots because of the pandemic. We don't want anybody getting COVID because they went to a polling place. No, we want you to get 
something in the mail that you put your hands on, then you put it back in the mail, then the people at the post office put their hands on it, and then they deliver it somewhere else where somebody else puts their hands on it. And remember, were we worried about COVID being spread by touching somebody else's germs and stuff? And you began to see where this all falls apart. But leftists go, yeah, we need to be safe. Let's vote by mail. So we see these different examples. There were the 82 challenges from the Trump administration. And you might ask the question, well, why did they bother to file all these different challenges if they all got thrown out? They got thrown out because Trump's a liar. No, they got thrown out because his legal team did not have standing to file those cases. Well, it's a different day in 2024's campaign cycle. It's already begun. And the president has employed a young woman who's a very sharp, not only attorney, but also an investigative reporter who did a little digging into what's happening with regard to the election. Her name is Christina Bob. She's joined us on the program in the past to talk about a book that she wrote based on two years of investigative reporting with regard to what happened in the 2020 election. The book is called Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, you might be wondering, with all these different indictments against Donald Trump, does that help his cause? Does that hurt his cause? Does he even care? (laughs) On the other side of this break, Christina Bob is going to join me, and we're going to talk about the indictments, what's happening in the Trump campaign, and also in light of, you know, the fact that one of the most notorious presidents in history made headlines this on this date 49 years ago, uh, does Donald Trump think he might get elected and wind up in prison all in the same year? We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Well, today here on the bottom line, Super Tuesday edition of the program, we're still talking indictment. We're still talking about what it means. And I want to start with a, uh, a message I found. I think it was on Instagram. It was from Donald Trump last week. And he says, hey, one more indictment and I'll be elected. And I kind of chuckled. But then I thought, well, wait a minute. I mean, <laughs> it seems like the more these things happen, there's one or two schools of thought. Either this is good for the Trump campaign or this is not good for America. Christina Bob currently serves as the uh, as the attorney for the Trump campaign. She's the author. You remember a couple months ago, we had a great conversation about her book called Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. That book is linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. Christina came at this from the perspective of an investigative reporter, log background, said, I want to find out what's going on. And it's a fascinating book. Christina joins me again to talk about the latest and what's happening in the Trump campaign, especially in light of what seems like a never-ending slew of indictments against a former president and possibly soon to be president again, Donald Trump. Christina, Bob, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be back. Well, we are thrilled to have you. She's an investigative reporter, as I mentioned, Uh, spent the past couple of years just doing this exploration. She knows how to report, but obviously knows the law very well, which is unlike some other pundits who are kind of changing their allegiances and, you know, saying, I'm voting for him. Now I'm voting for her, you know, and whatever. Christina is in the Trump campaign. And this latest indictment, I mean, I, I sometimes I'm never quite sure how to read a Donald Trump tweet. I mean, I realize he handles his own tweets and he's a grown man. Um, but sometimes I, I think, okay, that was crazy. And other times I think, boy, that was just so left of center. It's brilliant all at the same time. How are things, how would you describe the temperature in the Trump campaign right now? Uh, I would say very good. Like we're fired up. Mm -hmm. The team, the team is more motivated than ever. President Trump is 
more resilient and more resolved than ever to save this country and get back into the White House. Mm -hmm. I fully expect him to do so, and I think everybody on the team does as well. And we're real happy with the numbers, looking at the way we're polling, not just, you know, he pretty much has locked in the Republican primary. He has locked in the Republican primary, I should say. But we're liking the trends as it relates to Joe Biden and the Democrats as well. I think, I think, President Trump is the candidate to beat. I mean, it's his race, even with Joe Biden as the incumbent. And uh, I think it's it's President Trump's race to 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 win. Yeah, yeah. So we're feeling good about it. Yeah. So basically, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Christina, but it sounds like what you're saying is uh, Donald Trump will win this race, or Donald Trump will lose this race, but no one's going to beat him. That's exactly right. And I know a lot of people say, well, what about the election fraud and all that? You know, I'm, I'm aware, you know, I wrote a book on it. I, I think <laughs> there is there is plenty of uh, shenanigans that we need to get cleaned up. Some have been cleaned up, some have not. And then mm-hmm. some are kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So, you know, we we still need everybody getting involved. Believe it or not, California is actually doing an OK job. You know, parts of California are doing really great work and then other parts are not, not so yet much, quite yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, the, the fact that there are parts of California that are cleaning things up, I'm, I'm really pleased with. So I'm not naive, obviously, to the fact that we have a problem with election fraud. But I still think, de- despite all of the issues that we have, they're not going to be able to re- repeat 2020, which is why they're bringing these indictments. If they thought they could mm-hmm. just repeat the 2020 election, they wouldn't bother with all of this. They wouldn't right. bother with making the entire country angry at them sure. and risking, you know, risking the, the vulnerabilities that they're now exposed to because of these indictments. Um, but they know that they don't have it locked in, which is why they're outing themselves even further. If you look at a timeline, it, it, and I'm glad you brought that up, Christina, because if you look at a timeline about what's happening in the, the media headlines, it, it, you can set your clock to it now. You know, there, there's, you know, here's some new whistleblower evidence can Hunter Biden. Next thing you know, Donald Trump's indicted. There's something else that happened with Joe Biden. And now, I mean, the, the Miralago one, the one prior to January 6th, I mean, I hate to sound like a Monty Python sketch, but it's like they crossed out the old charges and wrote new charges in in crayon. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just, I mean, I don't get, and this one supersedes the other one. Yeah, this, this is more bad than the, than what, where, I mean, how do we keep from becoming a banana republic, Christina, Bob? I mean, I just said it seems like as far as the Democrats being in control and deciding we can't let Donald Trump run. So we tried to impeach him twice and we didn't have any charges and none right. of that stuck. And now he still can legally run for president. And that's the last thing we want. And yet I have to wonder, are there some Democrats? Do you get the sense in the background are saying, yeah, we want him to win because we want to humiliate him at the polls again? Or I mean, are they no, are they I thinking they that deeply? Want him to win. Yeah. No, because they could beat any other Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. They can't beat Donald Trump. He's the only candidate that they can't beat. I mean, who if if Donald Trump's out of the race, who who would challenge them? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've heard and I've had several people ask me that, actually. Do you think they secretly want him to win? You know, because the left likes to throw that narrative out. No, they don't want him to win. He's crushing everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to get this 800 pound gorilla out of the room. Right. Um, right. I should say elephant. out of the room. <laughs> um, no, no, they don't want him to win. But yeah. they're working really, really hard to stop him. I don't think they can. I really don't. I don't think they can. Uh, they're going to try to jam a conviction through, mm-hmm. you know, without giving him an opportunity to do full discovery. And, right. you know, all, they're, they're going to try to just 
slam it in before the election. But they know it's not going to hold up at the Supreme Court. They're playing the short game, not the long game. They just want the conviction to try to discredit him and ruin him for the election. Mm -hmm. They may try to bring some 14th Amendment claim. I don't that's not going to that's not going to hold up. That's not going to work. What they're trying to do is not going to work. But we we have to continue to fight that fight. Honestly, even with the venue issues and all the concerns that everybody has about the issues with the case being in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. I still don't think they're going to win. And they go, oh, well, what about taking it up to the Supreme Court? Blah, blah, blah. Well, you only have to go to the Supreme Court if President Trump loses. And I don't think even in Washington, D.C., I don't think I don't think he's going to lose. I really don't. Christina Bob is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. She is an attorney for Donald Trump. She is the attorney for the Trump campaign, and she's the author of an outstanding book. If you are curious at all about the election fraud challenges and, if, you know, the media said Donald Trump's a liar because he said the election was stolen. Read Christina Bob's book, which is called Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. And then go back and listen to the pundits on MSNBC and CNN and ask yourself the question, who's the one who's telling the lies? Because, Christina, you found tons of evidence and I, uh, th that there had been some shenanigans you know, going on behind the scenes. We've covered a lot of it, too. I gleaned a lot more from your book. But I think one of the biggest takeaways, one of the biggest ahas from our last conversation about this is the one that the, the mainstream media and even conservative media have been steering, steering clear of, and that is it wasn't so much Democrat interference that was the complete undoing of the Trump reelection campaign. It was GOP negligence. It was, uh, you know, the, yeah. the malfeasance there. Talk, talk about that, and, and how is that, I mean, what, what's Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, that whole crowd mm -hmm. doing now that Donald Trump has yet another indictment on his record? Yeah, well, <laughs> that whole crowd. Uh, the way I like to summarize my my findings was that Democrats cheated and Republicans covered it up. Mm. Um, the Republicans are very much part of the establishment. They want to keep their titles. They want to keep sure. their uh, their access to power and all of that. Um, how it impacts, I, I think what it does is, and you and I were talking about this before the show, but I think it's outing everybody for who they are. You know, yep. we have assumed we've been Republicans versus Democrats. But it's becoming very apparent that we're not. We're not Republicans versus Democrats. We're the administrative political class versus freedom-loving Americans. Mm -hmm. You know, they, we've, mm -hmm. we're split differently. So you're going to have Democrats coming to the support and aid of Donald Trump, which we're seeing. And you're going to have Republicans, you know, switching sides and decrying how terrible Trump is and, you know, the Liz Cheney's of the world. So... <laughs> We're not divided the way that the media and politics have been telling us that we're divided. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to just take a really good assessment. If you, especially depending, like in California, depending on where you live, you may have Democrat uh, leadership in your area. And you know, I, I, I want to. I'm trying to say this carefully because this could go very wrong. But Democrats, in and of themselves, aren't the problem. I mean, there's a lot of corruption within the, I think there's a lot more corruption in the Democrat party than in the Republican party, but just take a close look at who, who your leaders are and, mm -hmm. you know, make sure you're voting for the, the people who represent your values. Yeah. The GOP in California showed a lot of who they really were back in the mm -hmm. uh, Jerry Brown reelection campaign. I want to, I can't 2014 or whatever it was when assemblyman Tim Donnelly was trying to get the GOP nomination 
and the GOP in California had already decided that Neil Kashkari was going to be the nominee, knowing full well that he had didn't have a snowball's chance, and you know where, of winning. Yeah. And Donnelly actually had a lot of patriot-loving Americans, even some of the no-party-preference people, on his side. And Tim campaigned like crazy and got absolutely no support, got run over by you know the, the California GOP. And now Neil yeah. Kashkari, isn't he like the attorney general of Minnesota or something? I mean, he's, he's not even anywhere near California politics. I mean, they just basically said, give us somebody who won't do a lot of damage when he loses and we'll just try again in four more years. But so the, the, the toothless tiger on the left coast yeah. is, you know, say, hey, wait, there are 24 percent of California voters are registered Republican and 24 more registered no party preference. This could be a much more even battle in the Golden State if the GOP yeah. had some teeth. But quite for I mean, and I can say that I won't make you say that, Christina, Bob, but you can agree no, with I, me. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with everything that you've said. Um Republicans go along to get along. Mm -hmm. They want to keep their title as chairman or, you know, party, party sure. chair, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe they're an elected official, but they they don't have teeth and they don't stand up for conservative values. And as a result, we end up getting railroaded. Yeah. I mean, the idea that half of the voters in California are registered Democrats, I have a hard time believing that. I've been to California and I've seen the Trump flags, yeah. you know, especially, you know, I, I lived in San Diego, I had family in San Diego and you go through San Diego and Orange County. And this, I mean, this was a couple of years ago, so maybe it's different now, but there were Trump flags. Like yeah. I saw way more Trump flags than I saw Biden flags. So mm -hmm. I don't think the, I think there's corruption. I think you've got dirty voter rolls, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and I think if you were to clean that up, it would be a lot more even, I think, even than people realize. I'm talking with Christina Bob today here on The Bottom Line. She's an attorney who's representing the Trump campaign during the 2024 presidential election. She's also the author of the outstanding book, Should Be Required Reading in Every Civic Class and Every Political Science Class from, you know, eighth grade all the way up through college. The book is called Stealing Your Vote, the Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. There's a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're talking about President Trump and the latest round of indictments and how that's impacting the Trump campaign. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Christina Bob is my guest. Christina is the campaign attorney for President Donald Trump's re-election campaign in 2024. She's the author of the book Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and we're giving away a copy of the book today. 
the number to get you through to the bottom line. As we've been having this conversation so far this half hour with regard to Donald Trump, uh, irregularities in the 2020 election, and what can be done, there's a much greater issue here at risk. And it's much more important than whether or not Donald Trump gets elected. It's much more important than whether or not Joe Biden gets reelected. The issue is something that leftists and conservatives can actually agree upon, even though they can't agree upon it. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about election integrity. This is one place where we in the body of Christ often miss an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel with people. I'll tell you, give you an example of what I'm talking about. I can go to an abortion clinic and stand outside with a group of committed Christians who are praying to end abortion at that clinic. And I could be in the company of other people who might be part of an atheist group that are committed to the sanctity of human life. I'm not sure why they would if they're atheists, but go with it. There are people who are feminists who would show up at that pro-life rally. People in the LGBTQ community who would do the same thing. All rallying around one common goal, and that is the sanctity of human life. Human dignity, children should be protected at every age. Now, if people with those different backgrounds could come together for the cause of the sanctity of human life. Don't you think that we have a much better chance even of getting people from all different walks of life to say, hey, instead of you saying, well, you don't like mail-in voting and ballot harvesting because you wanted Donald Trump to win, or somebody else saying, well, you don't like these things because you don't think them through, every American wants to know that there is election integrity, that when you cast your vote, your vote will count once for the people that you want it to count for, It won't count twice. No one's going to steal your vote. No one's going to uh, suggest that ballot harvesting is good for them, but not for your side. We want election integrity. Can we get it? Yes, if we the people will stand up and demand it. More of my conversation with attorney Christina Bob in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You're a Christian who's been injured, so you need Christian attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to fight for you. With Stephanie, it's not just a routine legal process, it's a spiritual battle. She understands that a legal fight involves more than flesh and blood. It means confronting principalities and powers, and that's why she consistently prays with and for her clients. She forms long-lasting relationships with her clients, just as you would expect from someone who engages in spiritual battle alongside another believer. Praise for Stephanie pours in through cards, thank you texts, and letters from clients who thank her for checking up on them, coming to see them in the hospital, praying, and even finding alternative care when current care is inadequate. Inspired by Jesus' command to love one another, Stephanie uses her skill as an attorney and knowledge of insurance processes to fight for your completeness and healing. Don't wait any longer. Contact Stephanie Cover today at kbrightradio.com slash cover and let her take up your spiritual battle. Christina Bob is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Christina is an attorney and an outstanding one, plus has the rare gift of being able to report on this. And I mean this as a compliment, Christina. You and I have seen too many lawyers who go on television or whatever and they're super hyperclinical or they're trying to build their TikTok page. And the fact that you have the ability to communicate what you're writing about, but then you wrote this book, Stealing Your Vote. And I I would love to say the subtitle is How Democrats Cheated and How Republicans Covered It Up. I mean, (laughs) because I love the way you described that. That's, in essence, the the core of the book. You're now but you've been working for the Trump campaign as an attorney 
And how does that differ in terms of obviously he's got these indictments going on and he's got a legal team that's doing battle there. Um, talk yep. about what your role is legally, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the kind of counsel you're providing for the president right now. Yeah, well, it's funny because uh, I had no idea that these cases were going to come up sure. when I started working for him. And I had just done, you know, a couple years worth of investigative work as a journalist on on all of this. So I'm using a lot of what I found as a journalist now as a lawyer in support of the trial counsel, you know, to help prepare them and, you know, help get them where they need to be mm-hmm. um, to to support the president. So, yeah, I'm really just kind of sharing my investigative work and providing trial support, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, how the team, you mentioned earlier in the segment, we were talking about how the indictments have been helping or hurting the campaign. I mean, because I realize any kind of indictment, any kind of charges against a campaign is going to hurt in some regard, meaning, you know, mm-hmm. someone, someone's going to say that maybe that uh, uh, middle of the road, uh, mushy middle voter is going to say, I was thinking about Trump, but they keep indicting him and I'll just vote for Biden again because, you know, we can Biden's or you know, whatever. They're, they're OK yeah. with that. And then at the same time, you have to wonder how many people are saying, no, we want to take you know, our democracy back. And we, yeah. this is an attack on us as much as it is, is an attack on him. If you were kind of wetting the finger and sticking at the wind, kind of reading the tea leaves or whatever, what are your numbers telling the Trump campaign that the indictments mm-hmm. are doing to it? Are they harming it? Are they hurting it? Is it kind of a neutral? They're helping the campaign. Helping. Okay. I, I mean, I don't, I hate saying it that way because we don't want them, right. you know, like, <laughs> this isn't, it's not the kind of help that we want. Right. Um, right. But it's not hurting us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hurting the American people. Uh, the American people are angry about it. They're scared. They're mm-hmm. worried. Are their kids going to get to grow up in the same country that they grew up in? And, with the way things look, you know, it doesn't look good because they've completely abolished our freedom of speech. Right. Uh, you know, they've criminalized political dissent, which is like mm. sacred in this mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are scared. You know, those of us that work for President Trump, you know, we kind of not that you ever know what you're getting into with something like this, but you recognize the risks, right? And sure. You understand that you're going to get attacked just because the left hates Donald Trump so much. Mm-hmm. So you kind of brace yourself for it. But most Americans aren't aren't thinking that they, they don't want to brace themselves for anything. They don't want this, right? They don't want the fight. They want to have open political discussion and debate. But we can't right now because, God forbid, you say something that the left doesn't like. They're going to throw you in jail for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in this indictment with Donald Trump, they criminalized the fact that he listened to one of his political appointees over the other one. Mm. It's like, how on <laughs> earth, like, That's how is crazy. that a crime? And how is he supposed to know which political appointee he's allowed to listen to? Mm-hmm. He appointed both of them. Like, and what, and they, they differed in opinion. And he went with the one that said the election was stolen. And you're criminalizing the fact that he didn't go with the one that said the election wasn't stolen. Mm-hmm. How is that a crime? Yeah. Well, and I wonder, I mean, I have to wonder in terms of that. I mean, you can, it's fairly easy to see, I think, for someone who studies the media, that there was a part of the Trump campaign post-November 3rd, 2020, that really did feel as though, hey, all we have to do is, you know, take this message to the masses. They'll do a couple of recounts. They'll find, you know, some pretty serious fraud and we'll get this thing overturned. But then when you started to see what happened in Georgia, like with the, you know, Donald Trump called and said, find me more votes instead of like, wait, 
he called and said, if you recount, I think you will find. You know, I mean, there's a right. huge difference when they're, the media is so culpable in terms of spreading the misinformation. And yet yep. Donald Trump is, quote unquote, the liar. It does really rattle Americans' faith. Christina Bob is with me today here on The Bottom Line. She's uh, uh, providing legal counsel for President Trump in his 2024 campaign. She's the author of the book called Stealing Your Vote, which is up at TheBottomLineShow.com. It's the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. And we're seeing what it means for 2024 right now with all these crazy indictments. Let's talk to that person who is a person of faith who said 2016 okay, I went ahead and either voted for Donald Trump because I really wanted to make America great again or the proverbial held my nose, you know, or he wasn't Hillary Clinton, you know, maybe kind of I'll give it a shot. And then 2020 rolled around and maybe they were not as, you know, uh, they were a bit more reluctant to try to pull the lever for Donald Trump and the presidency back then. Mm -hmm. It's 2024. You're talking to a, you know, several very large swath of Christian voters right now. What right. make your best campaign pitch for why a person of faith who might have been on the fence about Donald Trump in 2020 should be more invested in that campaign this year? I think President Trump is the only candidate, or the only viable candidate who actually cares about the Christian faith and actually cares about communities of faith. Uh, he, he has done a number of events with churches and pastors. He has people pray with him all the time. Mm-hmm. He recognizes the value of faith in the community. And if you look at the left, I mean, they're tearing it down. You know, yeah. they want to, they, they want to normalize pedophilia. I mean, look at what happened mm. in your state. You mm-hmm. know, they've lessened the penalties for people who have sex with minors. Why would you lessen those penalties, especially mm. in this environment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think, it, I think this is a case of good versus evil. And President Trump, I think, it, I think he's a on the right side. I think he's on the side of good. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the what the left is bringing is not going to help the church. It's yes. not going to be good for anybody who really takes their faith seriously. Well, let's face it. In 2023, here in August of 2023, America is so much more, so much more different than it was in August of 2016. Or even mm-hmm. August of 2020. I mean, in terms of the presence yeah. of evil that's just in front of us. I mean, pe- the, the, right. those who commit it don't even try to hide it anymore. Whereas maybe six, seven years ago, there was you know rumblings about it, this, that, and the other thing. And the one thing, Christina, that uh, when people ask me, well, where do you land on the Trump presidency? I always look back at, at his first you know term in office and say, look, it looked like when it came to foreign policy, which, of course, is job one for the president, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the economy and the, all the other stuff is going to it's going to ebb and flow. But American foreign policy is huge. And Donald Trump got A's, as far as I'm concerned, in foreign policy, mm-hmm. because his driving force behind all of his decisions appeared to me, whether it was intentional or not, was religious liberty was the driving force. You know, the yeah. fact that he would work to, you know, it's a biblical worldview for us in the U.S., but also fighting for the religious liberties of other people of different faiths in different parts of the world. And yeah. I, I don't think we've ever seen that in an American president before. Yeah, no, I th- it's really interesting. He really does. He has this kind of innate sense of of faith mm-hmm. um, and, and respect for people of faith, of, of all faiths, not just Christianity, although he certainly has that for Christianity as well, but... I think he places a high value on the faithful community and people who, you know, there's a, no matter what religion you are. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. 
in, in normal non-radicalized religions, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the values tend to be the same, you know, like family values, uh, you know, having kids, marriage, you know, all of that stuff, whether you have two working parents or whatnot, but raising children in a certain way, a lot of faith kind of share that um, centerpiece, the, mm-hmm. the nuclear family being the centerpiece of society. And I think he just innately recognizes that and values that. When you get away from that, that's when you start to have society starts breaking down, you know, fatherless homes or, you know, kids coming out of foster care. It, they, they have certain problems that they bring with them into the community. And I think he recognizes that and really wants to protect the nuclear family and the faith of the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we we didn't talk about this much the last time uh, we were together, but uh, we were uh, the the raid on Miralago. You know, the the indictments that yeah. have come out of that. Um, you were legal counsel for the president during that, were you not? No, I was actually um, the custodian of records for okay. that one. Okay, okay. So I was there. I was involved, but I wasn't the attorney on site. Well, well, help help our audience understand, Christina Bob. What kind of legal counsel, I mean, not just what you offer, but I know he was surrounded by a lot of legal counsel in 2020. We saw Rudy Giuliani, right. we saw Jen Ellis, whatever. I don't. I think it was by the time John Eastman was brought in that they thought, well, we're not going to win this in the media, so we better, you know, we better actually take it to court. And it, there really wasn't any time. You know, there was a lot of slow yeah. walking going on. I would imagine that President Trump's team from campaign on now has a lot more people who are in position to actually go to court, fight these things, as opposed to mm-hmm. just go on Fox News and say this is the president's case. Is that an accurate statement? Yes and no. I mean, we certainly have called the team, you know, and made sure that the right people are in the right places. So, yes, the right people are in the right places. But we also have the problem of the left attacks conservative lawyers relentlessly. Right. And they do it intentionally because they want to make sure that conservatives don't have representation. Mm-hmm. And so... In some cases, not necessarily for the president, but just conservatives or conservative causes in general that relate to the president, it can be hard to get people to get involved because, you know, they're worried about attacks and lawfare, really. Um, So I'm really pleased with the, the legal team the president has in place right now. I think he's got the right people in the right places doing the right things, and I think he's going to get great results. But I don't take it lightly because there really are so many attacks on conservative lawyers right now. How can how can our listeners pray for you in particular, but also for his team? Because whether you're planning on voting for Donald Trump or not, the attacks on a former president, all these acu- accusations of slander yeah. and the, the multiple indictments does not bode well for the American government. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I appreciate the, the offer, and I would say just— Pray for strength and endurance and that we get through this. Because I really do believe we get through this as long as we don't quit, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're in a point in history where, not just in history, just, you know, they shall know the truth and the truth will set them to set you free. Mm-hmm. That's either true or it's not. You know, and <laughs> yes. we're, at a, we're at a point in our nation where we're going to figure out real fast if that's true or not. Mm. And um, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And I believe that because I believe it's true and we're standing on the truth and Donald Trump is standing on the truth, that the truth will set you free. But 
we have to have the courage and endurance ourselves to stand on it, right? It can be really scary when you've got the Department of Justice and the FBI and everybody screaming at you and, you know, all the stuff coming at you. Mm-hmm. But I just, for myself, I just go back to the truth will set you free, you know, the knowledge of the truth will set you free or it won't. Yeah. That, that statement is either true or it's not. And I've chosen to believe that it's true. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go forward. And right. Keep, keep moving with the truth and we eventually prevail. I, well, and that's, that's I think that's I think. the best foundation to stand upon, uh, regardless of how you plan on voting. But I also encourage our bottom line listeners to get registered and to vote because you heard this from the left during the 2020 election and the 2022 midterms. This could be the end of our democracy if you don't vote this way. Well, now it's our turn. And mm-hmm. unlike what you heard from the left two years ago and four years ago, it really is a situation where uh, our constitutional republic is at risk if we don't get the right results in the elections in 2024. So um, I'm grateful for Christina Bob and the team of conservative attorneys who are constitutionally based, who are standing for the truth, who are saying, okay, enough is enough. Uh, This is where we're, you know, here I stand. I can do no other. You know, if you were taking Martin Luther in the courtroom with you, but um, the, I really appreciate the work that you're doing, Christina, and we will keep you guys in prayer. The book Stealing Your Vote, by the way, is up at thebottomlineshow.com, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024 by attorney and investigative reporter Christina Bob. Highly recommend this. Two thumbs way up. It's got hundreds of ratings that are mostly five stars. I'm sure there are probably a few trolls who got in there and said, she works for Donald Trump, so I don't believe it, even though they'd never read the book. But, you know, that that happens online, too. You know, we get it. But nonetheless, it gets two thumbs from us. Um, Christina, thank you for the work that you're doing with the Trump campaign. We look forward to checking anytime. We would love to have you on uh, to give us updates as to what's happening. When's the next trial date? I mean, we hear these, you know, January, May, stuff like that. And it right. seems like they're trying to schedule them to disrupt primaries and things of that nature. Is is that am I imagining that or is that? Looking- no, you're not. You're exactly right. That's exactly what they're doing um, for the January 6th case the next try or the next hearing date is august 28th okay and that's where the court will set a trial date okay so we'll, we'll find out all the dates going forward on the 28th all right we'll keep that uh we'll keep that in prayer and hopefully circle back around with you after they decide when the date is and get an update as to how that's impacting the trump campaign Absolutely. as well very good christina bob thank you so much for uh, being with us today here on the bottom line thank you so much And that concludes my conversation with Christina Bob today here on The Bottom Line Show. Attorney for the Donald Trump campaign, re-election 2024. We've got a link for her book up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's a book that I highly recommend. Uh, It's got this very simple title, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. We are giving away a copy of that book today at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, if Joe Biden wins re-election, we're looking at financial panic and disaster here in the U.S. But don't just take my word for it. Uh, the bottom line shows favorite financial advisor and only financial advisor, Dennis Wilson, joins me on the other side of this break to talk about that. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a 
$15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to Preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Dennis Wilson is here in studio with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. 800-696-9970 is the number to call or just go to wilson-financial.com. We've got that linked up at thebottomlineshow.com and at kbrightradio.com. Dennis, you have a new program that's coming out. When I read it, I literally had to rub my eyes and do one of those little cartoon things where I shake my head back and forth. I could not believe what I was seeing. First of all, good news that the 6% three-year CD alternative is now the 7%. 3% 3-year CD alternative. That's good news. But then I saw double digits on the return and I thought I've got to ask Dennis about this. Is there really a 13% program available right now? There is and it's available uh through the end of the year. Um so we basically weren't even going to advertise it until we knew we'd have enough time to get information out there and then not pull it away, but it's it's not a carrot. It's going to be there. For the next six months. Wow, that's incredible. Now, I'm thinking there's someone listening to us right now who said, oh, Dennis, I wish I'd called you two years ago. I wouldn't have been in the stock market. I wouldn't still have a 401k or an IRA. I wouldn't, my 401k wouldn't be a two, I mean, 20% losses for each of the last two years. That's a lot to recover from. If I had $100,000 in an account like that, I would have lost, uh, you know, $40,000, $50,000. I need a way to make that back. Tell us how the 13% program can help one of our listeners right now start to rebuild some of the things that they might have lost over the past year? Well, the first thing it does is it freezes your losses. You're never going to, you can't have, yes. you're not going to continue to lose because you're going into an account that's going to guarantee to go forward over the next 12 months and guarantee to go forward over the next 12 months at 13%, hmm. which leads, you know, people say, well, what's going to happen if we have four more years of Biden? Yeah. Oh my gosh, who knows what's going to happen? Right nightmares but you know god's in control that's the thing i keep going back to people get so frustrated when they talk about politics and you just have to realize that that it's god who's running the show not some buffoon who can't walk him down the stairs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then of course we know who's waiting in the wings for those of us here in the people's republic of california if something does happen on the democrat side to joe biden you've got gavin newsom warming up in the bullpen so if you're looking for any kind of relief tax-wise it's just not going to happen but that 13 percent i mean dennis that makes it sound like if i had a hundred thousand dollars to invest with you in this program right now a year from now that account would say one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars. it sounds it sounds too good to be true but is that how it works yeah, that's exactly how wow. it works. And it's, you know, it's 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 in black and white, it's guaranteed. Yeah, so 200,000 becomes 226. I mean, you can do the math from there. Right. You can do it's the math. incredible. I mean, it's it's so basic. How do you keep finding these alternatives, Dennis Wilson? I mean, because I don't hear these advertised anywhere else. Well, we do as you know, we 3D has now become our our uh, has become our baby. We we uh we kind of adopted it. It's become it started out as uh, just a program that we were looking for an alternative, and now we we own a third of it and we manage it, and so we're 
we're really excited about that. And we look at we're always looking for alternatives. That's basically what we've done now for 50 years is look for alternatives because they're out there. It's just that they're not out there in the mainstream. Yeah. You would just have to, you have to, uh, you have to be. It's kind of like you, you just have to be looking at. It. You have to realize what the problems are. The problems are, are are not returned. The problems are what you're going to happen to you tax wise yes. and what's going to happen to you in the future. Yes. You mentioned warming up in the bullpen. You know his nickname is Woke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know every bullpen. You know Ryan Duran had a nickname. I can't remember what it was and. You know that, but yeah, this guy I don't call him. I, I didn't even know his first name was Gavin. I call him Gruesome mm -hmm, Gruesome, mm -hmm. and his middle name is. And he, you think you think things are bad? You watch until this woke guy takes yeah. over. You think you got taxes now? Wait until this guy takes over. Yeah, it and one it's it's just interesting when you call Wilson Financial eight hundred six nine six ninety nine seventy. The first thing you'll find is solutions. I mean that the name of the game. Understanding this is God's money. We are stewards. We are managing this money, and it's our job to maximize it, which means earn as much as you can legally, of course. Uh, do so in such a way where you don't have to pay as much, if anything, in taxes. And Dennis, you mentioned you know one of the best things that someone who could, who's got money in the stock market right now could do would be to get into an account like this if for no other reason because you'll win by no longer losing. I mean, you don't have to sit there and look at the at the stock reports every day and hope that your stocks didn't go down in value. This is one of those secured accounts where you put $100,000 in it, you know at the end of the day it's 100000 plus the 13%, not what the market is telling you is going to happen in terms of that 100000 might be worth eighty or 60000 Right. That's a correct. Yeah. Amazing to think that this opportunity is there. And this is one of many alternatives that are available to you as a bottom line listener at Wilson Financial. 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970 is the number to call or just go to kbrightradio.com. Dennis, I understand that we have a new voice that we're going to be hearing on the ads, too. I mean, we've been talking about her and she's been showing up uh, very often, but it looks like Chewy's kind of getting moved out of the way here. And we're, we're, we're going to well, be hearing from Brooke. Chewy promoted he her. Did. <laughs> Chewy hired her and promoted her to marketing manager, and she's and she's uh, kind of taken over his role as being the spokesman. Uh -huh. So not only does she sound way better than I do on the radio, she looks what she looks way better than I do on the radio. And in person. Yeah, well, and the great thing about having Brooke along, too, is that is she understands how to, uh, you know, get the message out, you know, with regard to all the wonderful opportunities. I mean, Dennis, you're one guy. You are working tirelessly, and we are so grateful that Kathy lets you uh, out every now and again for us to be able to have some recording time with. But, uh, but Brooke, thank you for the work that you're doing behind the scenes on the marketing, and we're looking forward to hearing more from you on the broadcast side as well. It's pretty amazing what your grandpa's able to do with these uh, markets and these race isn't it yes he amazes me and even at such an old age oh, he wow. makes me so wow. so proud and i'm just happy that i get to bring in a young fresh energy for him and i get to take care well, of him it means the world well, we are we are yeah. looking forward to amazing brooke just about every time uh, we get the opportunity <laughs> whether it's with the six percent account becoming a seven percent or this new 13 percent account you're not going to find that anywhere else if for no other reason call wilson financial ask for dennis ask for brooke ask for chewy for crying out loud but just make sure that you get that appointment going so that you can meet with their advisors and find out how to maximize and steward the resources that god has entrusted to you 800-696-9970 800-696 
866-996-9970 is the number to call. Dennis, it's always a pleasure. I know you're a busy guy and you got to get back to visiting with clients. But uh, thank you for stopping by the K-Bright Studios today. Really appreciate getting a chance. To well, hey, it was, really, it was really good to see Todd again and good to be down here. I forgot. Just, you know, it's, this is a this is kind of like coming home. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of I'm used to I, I hate to say it, but I hope they don't put me in a padded cell like this. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, anything, but anything's possible with me. So, I love it. Anyway. It's the right kind of padded cell. That's for sure, brother. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for being with us today here on the program. Hey, have a great day. God bless. Okay, 800-696-9970. Schedule that complimentary consultation with Dennis and his team today and make sure that you're stewarding God's money most effectively and maximizing the income that you earn with it. In other words, not paying so much in taxes. Some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Services for joining me during the past uh, half hour or so. 800-696-9970. Call Dennis's office today. They'll hook you up with a screener for the movie The Baby Boomer Dilemma that tells you why your 401k became a 201k and why it's okay for you and me to say we're not going to go the conventional route. There are CD alternatives and real estate investment trust alternatives um, that are helpful in terms of helping you maximize not only the profits that you'll earn in retirement, but minimize the amount of taxes that you'll pay as well. 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or just go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services banner. For those that are KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, coming up next. As we continue, for those who remain, this Super Tuesday conversation will keep on rolling. We'll talk about preborn. we'll talk about the unborn, and why one GOP presidential hopeful appears to be straddling the fence, saying he's personally pro-life, but he doesn't support a federal ban on abortion. What does that mean? We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome back to another Super Tuesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Barsha. This is that kind of ominous anniversary uh, as we talk about all things presidential um, earlier in the program. If you didn't get a chance to hear my conversation with Christina Bob, who is the attorney for President Trump's presidential campaign, um, you really owe it to yourself to go back and listen to our conversation about how the indictments are impacting the presidency and also my thoughts with regard to why like, today is a special day in American history. This is the day that Richard Nixon announced back. We're coming up on the 50th anniversary next year is the 50th anniversary of Richard Nixon uh, announcing that August 8th, he would be stepping down as president of the United States. And August 9th, he was out the door. Um, this is, uh, <laughs> it's amazing to see what um, has ha- transpired over the past 50 years with regard to the American presidency. I mean, could anybody have imagined, and I, I was sharing this at the start of the program, I was trying to imagine what it must have been like <laughs> for let's see how old is 1974 i was about to turn 13 and we were in lake tahoe uh, as i mentioned we were uh, coming back from the pacific northwest driving through tahoe and my parents were <laughs> we were notorious for this found a really nice place to stay and the reason it was such a really nice place to stay was because they were getting a great rate on the hotel and the reason they got such a great rate on the hotel is it was going through major renovations <laughs> so there was a movie theater that was kind of in the middle of, you know, something nowhere type of thing. I never forget watching Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman and Papillon. And that leper colony just left me, wow, I mean, just uh, <laughs> in a really tough spot. 
But then to be there when we were watching TV the next day and our family gathered around the television set, not unlike we had done five years earlier when Neil Armstrong was the first man to take a, a step on the moon. Five years later, we watched Richard Dixon become the first president in the United States on this date uh, 49 years ago to resign. And could we have imagined in 1974 that we would see um, the invasion, if you will, in the Middle East under George W. Bush, that we would imagine we would see less than 30 years later attacks on U.S. soil coming from uh, foreign adversaries, uh, that we would see the first African-American elected president in the United States. And I realize you know, that's a point of contention for some folks because Barack Obama's dad is African-American, black guy, and his mom was Caucasian. So, you know, there's that mixed race component that is a whole fascinating conversation in and of itself but then did you honestly think we would see that after the first african-american president in u.s history the very next guy showing up would be donald trump i mean who knew who knew that donald trump had it in him to find his way into the presidency now a careful analysis people would say well how did this happen i mean there's a lot of different reasons why trump won the first time as Christina Bob and I discussed last hour, there's lots of reasons why Trump could win a second time. As a matter of fact, it was a pretty concentrated effort by, uh, as she put it, Democrats who cheated and Republicans who let them or covered up their cheating that led to uh, Donald Trump losing the 2020 election and Joe Biden become the 46th president of the United States. And I think it was it, it, there was a certain level of arrogance in the Trump campaign that isn't there now. I mean, there's a different kind of arrogance that's, that's probably there. But in terms of thinking they were invincible, thinking that they had the election all sewn up, and, and, and knowing that the president had the facts, I mean, my goodness, he went after Joe Biden on the Hunter Biden issue. And if you've seen some of the clips that are cruising around, just to remind you of what Donald Trump said three years ago about this, he was right. I mean, all of that has come to fruition. And it must have been frustrating for a guy like Donald Trump to have the truth, have the knowledge, have the ability to be able to say, this is what's really going on in this guy's life, and it still didn't seem to matter with regard to the outcome. This is where it's incumbent upon us in the media to tell the truth, to report what the candidates really said or didn't say, to uh, take a look at the stories and, and not take a look at them from the narrative standpoint, if we tell you this, you'll believe that, but rather saying, look, there were so many people who were concerned about the issue with Hunter Biden and the laptop and the drugs and the Chinese and Ukraine influences that if, uh, I think it was the, uh, Bob Duco shares this statistic often here on, this, on the National Crawford Roundtable, there were 10 different issues, there were seven different issues that the American public were not informed about when it came to the election of 2020 that would have voted poorly for Democrats. Any one of them, the question was asked of voters, if any one of these things had been common knowledge to you, if you knew about Hunter Biden's laptop or Burisma or the CCP, would that have changed your vote? And each of these seven issues, 10% of the voters said, if I'd known about one of those issues, it would have changed my vote. So when you look at the general vote, the vote that was there of real Americans who voted, and then the vote that wasn't there of real Americans who didn't vote, who, you know, fabricated votes, 
manufactured votes, uh, you know, ballots that were counted that shouldn't have counted. I mean, you have to look at the 2020 election realistically and ask the question, was it a fair election? I mean, Joe Biden actually had the courage to use that phrase. Uh, I was elected fair and square. No, you weren't. I mean, everybody knows you weren't elected fair and square, Mr. President. Um, Ron DeSantis is catching some heat right now because of the fact that he uh, actually made that comment. Uh, Joe Biden was elected fair and square. I, I realize what Governor DeSantis was trying to do. He was trying to create a little space between him and Donald Trump, try to appeal to the voter on the middle who may or may not believe that Joe Biden won the election fairly and squarely, but rather saying, look, I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about the election fraud. We can't change anything that happened now. Let's move forward. And I commend people who said, look, let's put it behind us. We can't change the past. What's done is done. What we can do as Christians and as Americans is to say, let's go back and challenge the laws that were passed illegally and see if we can right some wrongs for the 2024 election. And then let's do a better job of doing due diligence. Uh, Christina Bob made a comment about what's happening here in the People's Republic of California, for example. The voter rolls. We've been talking to you about this here on the Bottom Line Show for quite some time. You've probably heard this story. In L.A., the number of people who are not qualified to vote because they don't live in California anymore, or they don't live in L.A. proper anymore, when you move from one county to the next, you have to re-register. If you move from one state to the next, you have to re-register. And then it's incumbent upon you to make sure that your old registration is no longer valid. Case in point, my uh, son-in-law, Brian, daughter, Emily, moved to Texas last summer. It was incumbent upon them when they changed their vehicle registrations over and got their new Texas driver's licenses. They also had to register to vote as Texans. Daughter, Taylor, son-in-law, Christian, they moved to uh, the Dallas area. Same story. It's incumbent upon them to make those changes. Now, if they do make the changes, they can vote in Texas in the elections. If they don't, then they aren't eligible to vote. But here's the danger. Starting in the 2020 election, states like the People's Republic of California began mailing out actual live ballots. It's funny because you, you say live ammunition to somebody who's a gun control advocate and they freak out. But a live ballot doesn't seem to register. I, don't, I wonder how many people realize that when a ballot was actually put out in the mail, unless you had registered as a, an absentee voter and said, this is what I want, I want the ballot to come to me at home, and it would come in an official mailer, everybody used to get the sample ballot. And it said all over it, sample ballot, don't vote with this. This is how you practice, you know. And I think Democrats especially love that because Democrats are more likely than Republicans to vote by mail. They're more likely than Republicans to vote early. Republicans still haven't figured out why they keep getting shellacked. And oftentimes it's because the Democrats will come forward and say, you know, Richard Daly in Chicago, vote early and vote often. And if that doesn't seem fair, it's because it leaves the door wide open for cheating. So when all these mail-in laws were being passed, it really threw the election into a bit of a uh, topsy-turvy world. Republicans are going to have to be a lot more aggressive when it comes to uh, early voting, that kind of voter fraud, ballot harvesting, et cetera, et cetera. 
But another area where the GOP is really going to have to double down is in the area of the sanctity of human life. In 2016, Donald Trump benefited from the fact that the Republican Party, at least in terms of those who are running for office, had taken a passionate pro-life position, whereas the Democrat Party had taken a passionate pro-abortion position. Now, when it comes to the numbers, that doesn't represent either party. Republicans are more likely to favor bans on abortion than not by a a factor of two to one. Sixty-six percent of Republicans favor at least some kind of restriction on abortion. Thirty-six percent or thirty-three percent do not. When it comes to Democrats, 65 percent of Democrats favor some kind of let's have abortion as the law, and 35% are in favor of some kind of restriction. Now, typically, the most common restriction is the, they call it the rape and incest exemption or the mother's health exemption. And most laws that are being passed right now are not total bans on abortion, but they follow those guidelines. The Charlotte Lozier Institute out of Texas has information that indicates that 97% of abortions do not fall into that category. It's 2% because of the, uh, the rape or incest cause. It's 1% because mom's health is at risk. As I was reading about this Nigerian doctor the other day who was one of the first, he took a, a baby who was 23 weeks in the womb, removed that child from mom so they could do surgery on baby and mom place the child back in the womb baby stayed there for another 13 weeks delivered perfectly at age 36 weeks fantastic just incredible when donald trump ran for president in 2016 he could have done ads for preborn, right he could have very easily said i'm donald trump and i think you should all get an ultrasound i think it should be free and you know I, that was a bad donald trump and we would jump in and say yes mr president with preborn, you can. A $28 donation makes it possible for a woman to get a pregnancy test, see the ultrasound images, get the pictures, hear the heartbeat, and then have a consultation with a medical professional who would explain all three options to them. The GOP has kind of all fallen in lockstep, surprisingly, with regard to the sanctity of human life. There are two candidates who did not. One of them is Nikki Haley. I was very, very bitterly disappointed to hear Ms. Haley say that she thought when it came to abortion that she could actually bring America to a consensus. And the consensus was if you're pro-life, then you don't have to get an abortion. And if you're pro-abortion, you should be able to get an abortion without anybody giving you a bad time. That sounds very conflicted to me. But Nikki Haley is not polling as well as another GOP candidate who made a very shocking announcement last week when he was talking about the fact that he is unapologetically pro-life and yet, well, he would not put in to ban abortion on a federal level if such legislation was presented to him as president. So what exactly does that mean? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. 
Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years? After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. I mentioned before the break that Nikki Haley announced her presidency uh, several months ago, her candidacy for presidency, and many people assumed that a good, constitution-loving, conservative woman would also be pretty passionately pro-life. But then she shocked people when she said, no, I can bring America to a consensus on the sanctity of human life in a place where people who want to have abortions can agree with people who don't want them legal, and we can all just be one big happy family. And that's never going to happen. So I, I, for all intents and purposes, that was the end of Nikki Haley's presidential run. But there's a young, young guy by the name of Vivek Ramaswamy. This is the guy who's the tech guy, the medical, uh, he's a multi-gazillionaire, apparently. And this is a guy who uh, says that he is personally pro-life. In the past, he has described himself as, quote-unquote, unapologetically pro-life. And I think a lot of Christians looked at this guy and said, okay, he's a Hindu, but if he's going to be a constitutionalist and he's going to be pro-life, well, I mean, we saw that Donald Trump wasn't the perfect, quote-unquote, Christian candidate, but this might actually work. But here's, <laughs> here's where it, it comes up. What's interesting now is that since Roe versus Wade was overturned June 24th, 2022, the federal government has to, some decisions to make. The decision that they have to make is what are they going to do with abortion? The Roe versus Wade decision informed federal and state law for 49 and a half years, but it was never officially federal law. It was a Supreme Court case that when anyone tried to challenge the constitutionality of a woman's right to abortion, well, they would say a woman's right to privacy with regard to her decision. No one can tell her what to do with her body without recognizing, of course, that it's not just her body. There's a baby's body inside her body, and so the baby has to have rights as well. But what's interesting about this is more and more candidates have tried the I'm personally pro-life but routine, and it didn't work. Vivek Ramaswamy, who's making some serious inroads on the GOP side and could potentially wind up as a vice presidential candidate, has described himself as personally pro-life and unapologetically pro-life. That's what made the All In podcast he was on recently a little confusing. This is on July 21st. We'll put these comments up at thebottomlineshow.com. Vivek Ramaswamy was on the All In podcast, and when he was asked about abortion, would he support a federal ban on abortion? You know that the left is pushing for a federal no ban. You can go ahead and abort right up until labor and delivery. In one case, I think our vice president even suggested that if a child was born alive after an attempted abortion, she would support making legislation legal so that a doctor or medical professional could basically end the life of that child 
because the idea was, well, since we tried to abort the baby and the abortion didn't work, this is just finishing the abortion. Was, I can't even believe I just said that out loud. I mean, this just doesn't make any sense at all. But here's what Vivek Ramaswamy said about a ban on the killing of preborn babies. He is unborn, or he, he's personally pro-life, and he believes that unborn life is life. But then when asked, would you support the federal ban, he says, a ban on killing unborn babies on the federal level would not be, quote-unquote, principled. Here's what he said. I would not support a federal abortion ban of any kind on principled ground because to me, I am grounded in constitutional principles and I think there's no legal basis for the federal government to legislate. The 10th Amendment says that part of the American experiment is that we have diversity across states and I think this is a state's issue. Now, he does say that if for some reason a constitutional scholar came up and said, hey, look, yeah, this is a state's issue, but that then Ramaswamy said he would be, quote-unquote, open to persuasion. He did say that he agreed that the U.S. Supreme Court was correct to overturn Roe versus Wade and that this, is, that this becomes a state's issue. But at the same time, though, he said, but since it's a state's issue, I would not support a federal abortion ban, which is very interesting because you've got some on the left saying we should pass a bill that makes it legal all the way up through labor and delivery on a federal level for a child to be murdered in his or her mother's womb. Vivek Ramaswamy says, I'm not supporting a federal abortion ban of any kind because the 10th Amendment says this is basically a state's issue. But he had some other comments about the sanctity of human life issue that are also worth our consideration and, well, you know, maybe this is where the candidate Vivek Ramaswamy uh, finally meets that point of no return with the conservative base that he's trying to court, especially the Sanctity of Life Christian crowd. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else? Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of, it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Thanks so much for joining us today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, another Super Tuesday edition of the program. And this half hour, we're pointing your attention to the Ministry of Preborn, the fact that preborn is the ultimate pregnancy resource center. A woman finds out she's pregnant 
and then says, gosh, I don't know what I should do. Should I, I mean, I don't think I can afford to be a mom. Uh, I've never heard of adoption before. All I know is that my friends are telling me, get an abortion, it's the best thing for you. But when I go to abortion clinics, all they do is say, yeah, here's the abortion. It's either surgical or medical. You can come in Thursday or Friday. And trust me, it won't hurt a bit. But I have more questions. I want to learn more. So they go to a preborn pregnancy resource center, and the first thing they do is give you a pregnancy test to make sure that you are, in fact, pregnant. Secondly, then there's an ultrasound image that is generated going over your you know, womb there. And you see the pictures, and you get to hear the heartbeat of the baby, and then they say, okay, now you have three options. This is called informed consent, by the way. This is what we believe everyone should be doing, not only at pregnancy resource centers, but I want to see this kind of thing happen at abortion clinics, too. I mean, your end game is abortion, sure, but why aren't Planned Parenthood talking more about adoption? Why don't women who go to Planned Parenthood clinics get the chance to see the ultrasound? Why aren't they told about the option for adoption? I mean, look at the annual report for Planned Parenthood fiscal year 2021-2022. 382,000 abortions that they will confess to and 1,400 adoption referrals. Not only that, but all those things they told us about for the past 10 years, pap smears, all the other stuff that they do, family planning, blah, 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 blah. The number of people who are getting that kind of care, quote unquote, at Planned Parenthood clinics is down by 20%. We have gotten to the point in American culture where to take a pro-life stance is essential for the one-issue voter. And Vivek Ramaswamy, who is kind of a dark horse on the GOP side, I think he could become that vice president that would seal the deal for maybe a Donald Trump. You never can tell. Uh, this is a guy who said he's personally pro-life. He has described himself in interviews as unapologetically pro-life. But then he gave an interview on a podcast called the All In Podcast. And he said, I believe unborn life is life. But a federal ban on killing babies in the womb, he says, would not be principled because of the 10th Amendment that basically said it's a state's issue. Now, it's interesting because when you make that point, if you do say, hey, the reason we're happy that Roe versus Wade was overturned, obviously fewer babies are going to be murdered in the womb, but this is a state's right issue. Well, he's using the 10th Amendment, and that's the way he's playing this. But then he said, hey, I think the pro-life movement needs to do a better job of walking the talk. Ramaswamy says he supports uh, adoption, child care, sexual responsibility, responsible parenting, especially fatherhood, and availability of contraception. Now, when you get right down to this, though, what he just described is the modern pro-life community. Go to a preborn clinic. When you make a donation to preborn at 833-850-BABY or go to kbrightradio.com, click on the preborn banner. A $28 donation provides all of that counseling we were just discussing. And then issues about adoption, child care. If you find yourself with an unplanned pregnancy or an unexpected pregnancy, know that 97% of abortions are elective because a woman says, I just don't want to be pregnant. But there are thousands of couples nationwide who would love to adopt that baby. Preborn helps you make that connection. And Vivek Ramaswamy says, you know, I, I think the pro-life community needs to do a better job of this without realizing that the preborn pro-life community is doing a better job of this. So the question we have to ask is, is a guy like Vivek Ramaswamy the kind of person 
that you want to see in the White House, albeit as vice president. It's interesting. Uh, The American people do not support abortions up to birth, which is what Joe Biden is proposing, paid for with their tax dollars, which is Joe Biden is proposing. As a matter of fact, number polls, and you can click on the hyperlink in this article, that's the blue letters, say that there is strong public opposition to taxpayer funding for elective abortions, and there are also strong public support for laws that limit abortions, especially after the first trimester. So though the headline on this article might be a little shocking, quite frankly, Vivek Ramaswamy is showing yet again that he is the most consistent candidate for president on the GOP side. It doesn't mean he's the best, but he certainly is talking a great game and helping whoever is going to win the presidency with some really good talking points. This is a state's issue. Ultimately, it's God's issue. The sanctity of human life begins with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and eventually he creates man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. And it's our job to protect their dignity of human life everywhere we go. It's our job to take a look at every step, to not be, I was hearing from a bottom line show listener who got into it with someone who was a pretty hyper-progressive Christian who said, well, you're not pro-life, you're pro-birth. Well, pro-life means from the moment of creation and the moment of conception all the way to what I would call graduation at every point in between to protect and defend the sanctity and the dignity of human life. For people with different needs, for people who are experiencing gender dysphoria, not to say we're just going to surgically change everything, but to be more understanding and patient and Christ-like in dealing with those situations. That is good news, and that's the bottom line.